Welcome to Side Effects with an A. When effect is normally used, it's a noun. It's already occurred. Effect is a verb meaning action. Action influences outcomes. I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne Marie Singleton. We will provoke you to think differently. Side Effects, where problems are defined, solutions exposed. I'm Scott McGowan. Welcome to Side Effects. I'm Anne Marie Singleton. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, and so last episode, we had Tiffany Reed from McGowan Brebner talk to us uh, about a program she had inside the walls of MB called Beyond Wellness. Right. And it was a really fun, well-attended meeting. Um, we did a little podcast on the results of that and shared a little bit of the information for those of the, um, them listening that couldn't attend. And during that, we talked about metabolic syndrome, but we didn't really expand on that or explain what that was. So thought we'd take a little time to help our listeners understand metabolic syndrome a little bit more and why they should care about it. Yeah, I think what's important for our listeners to understand, too, metabolic syndrome can cost employers $5,100 annually, people that are metabolic. So and when you're metabolic, that's where disease starts to grow in your body. And we'll, we'll put a couple of uh, great documentaries uh, on healthierbirthdays.com. Uh, one is uh, Forks Over Knives, which talks about that specifically. But the aspects of metabolic syndrome, you want to you unpack the five? Yeah, let's talk about it because it sounds really scary, sort of like the bubonic plague or something. Um, and it's not actually as scary as it sounds once you start to break it down. So there's five elements of metabolic syndrome. And those are your HDL, which is your good cholesterol, your blood glucose level, triglycerides, which is the visible fat in your blood. Sounds really gross, doesn't it? Well, we have a blood drive here today. So do you think they can see it? Um, well, no. I, I, I don't think they can look at it today, but you can see it, I think, if you look at it under a microscope. Um, that's what causes, it can cause heart attacks, um, waist circumference, and blood pressure. So those five measures are the factors that they look at when they're testing for metabolic syndrome. If you have three of those five out of range, you would be considered metabolic. And it goes something like this. A 40-year-old goes to the doctor, they get their physical, and he looks at the person and says, hey, you need to lose five or 10 pounds, take this simvastatin for your cholesterol, and your blood pressure's a little bit high, let's watch that. So. Suddenly, this person's very close to having metabolic syndrome. The physician doesn't say to that person, you have metabolic syndrome and here's what it means to you. You're to 700% greater likelihood of having a claim over $10,000 than your counterpart that doesn't have it. If they would say that, they might get their attention. So this isn't something new. Metabolic syndrome has been around a long time. It just hasn't been talked about as this cluster of risk factors and definitely not in the employer space. So wouldn't it be more like if you say cluster of risk factors, let's correlate this back maybe to like a dashboard in our car. So we have the voltmeter on our battery, mm -hmm. we have oil temperature. Right. Uh, we have our gas gauge. Right. Right. And we have RPMs and um, speed. Right. So I would say that if we were driving around the car and three of our lights were on. Right. Would, would that. Or even two. One we can ignore. I'm uh, 1,400 miles over my oil change right now. Get my oil change like every three weeks. So I'm like only a week you and a half over. You get your cut every three weeks? About every four. Okay. So lots of maintenance going on in the Singleton house. Gotcha. Um, 
but I have one light on. If I've got my oil light on and my gas light or my temperature light, I mean, I'm pulling over because I need my vehicle. I need that car. But as humans, we don't have lights on our dashboard. Well, and I think, and it's interesting, that's really fair too. And as, uh, and as humans too, our bodies are so sophisticated that it can tolerate abuse for long periods of time. Now, if we had lights, if we had a dashboard, I would think that we would we would recognize some of those things. And that's exactly the purpose of what Tiffany talked about, about the impact of biometric screening results to identify people that are metabolic. Yeah, because let's talk about that for a minute. I named those five risk factors. I'll name them again. Waist circumference, HDL, which is the good cholesterol, blood pressure, triglycerides, and glucose. Only one of those you can see with your eyes, and that's a waist circumference. So how would we know that somebody had three of those five risk factors out of range if one of them wasn't waist circumference. And we typically, I mean, we historically discriminate with our eyes in regards to health. So she smokes, she's unhealthy, he's overweight, he's unhealthy. Look at what they're eating, they're unhealthy. And that's just one of the five factors. Right. And it's wrong. It's completely wrong. And just because you have a hamburger or um, French fries every now and then or you know, once a week, it doesn't mean you're unhealthy, right? It doesn't mean that. And your body could process that different than another person. I'll give you an example. So um, for our regular listeners, you know, I have twins. They're 14 now. And when they were 12, um, the the physician did a blood screening on them and tested their cholesterol. I didn't even know they did that for 12-year-olds. And my son's cholesterol was 240. 240. He's 12 years old. It's hereditary for this child. No, it's Skyline Chili. So it's not. It's not. He's, he's allergic to everything, this kid. So, um, But the one thing I did was I always make bacon on the weekends one day. And I'm like, well, we're going to turkey bacon because you can't have that, bud. And he was like, oh, darn. Um, but he was interested. Like, what else can I do? You know, what can I? And, you know, he's healthy. He runs. He drinks a lot of water. Um it's just hereditary. But you wouldn't know it if you looked at the You know, kid. when our son was little Taylor, he would eat sticks of butter at dinner. Oh. Yeah. He loved it. Oh. And I used to always <laughs> tell him when he was little, I'm like, hey, that's going to clog your pipes. And so we'd go to dinner. And he, as he got older, he would look at something. He goes, hey, Dad, will that clog my pipes? Oh, my gosh. You know, and we're, I mean, this is not something new. Actually, in Japan, um, they have significant pressure on metabolic syndrome. So they actually call it Meadowman. So for our listeners... Japan has a national healthcare uh, process and platform where the country p- pays for healthcare on behalf of the employers, on behalf of the population. Now, what's interesting about that is they aim squarely at metabolic syndrome. So they hold the employers accountable for reducing metabolic syndrome. Right. So the government pays for healthcare, the employers are held accountable for mitigating metabolic syndrome. So if your metabolic syndrome rate inside your workforce is high, as an employer, you're actually penalized. Right. They pay a fine. And the reason that they they do that is because if you think about where's the most access to to people, and it is through the workforce. People go to work. They're there five days a week, typically, sometimes six days, eight hours or 10 hours a day. It's where people are. And so putting that pressure on those employers where the access is to those employees for something that's being paid for, um, you can't see me putting quotes here, by the government, um, it, it, it makes sense if you think about it that way. But you want to hear serious. an oxymoron? So in the United States, 69% of the workforce of the population is overweight, over 30% are obese, and 
75% of Americans say they exercise regularly. Right. And so compare that to what we know, that 95 out of 100 people don't get enough daily activity. Correct. And so we're delusional about our current health state as Americans. Right. And for our listeners, so if you're an employer and you have 100 employees, on average, 33% of your workforce will be metabolic. Right. Of working population. Yeah. The number's higher in the non-working, but a working population, 33% of those folks or 33 people out of 100 will have metabolic syndrome. So if uh, that would be, if I'm an employer of 100, and then I've got spouses and kids, so let's just talk about the employees. Let's just stay on target with 100. Then I've got 33 of my population that's metabolic. That's $150,000 of risk sitting right inside my population right. with people that are just metabolic. And what we know about most employers' claims is that about 4% of your population contributes to 60% of your cost. Every 15 to 18 months, those high claimants turn over. And so why is it important for you to be able to identify people with metabolic syndrome is that we can fairly accurately predict for you who those next high claimants are going to be and do something about it before they become the high claimants. So this is about claim avoidance. This is about healthier populations. This is about more healthy birthdays for your workforce. And so if we can identify before that person becomes your high claimant and help them reverse that, it's a huge win for your plan. It's a huge win for your employee. And so, again, looking at those folks and how do we find out if they have metabolic syndrome? It's not with our eyeballs. We need a biometric screening in order to test for this. They can get that screening through your own biometric event. They can get it through their own physician. But one way or the other, we need to be able to identify so that we can then connect them with a program to help them reverse metabolic syndrome. So before we talk about how you address metabolic syndrome, so I've got 100 employees 33% uh, of them are metabolic, so that's $150,000. Tiffany spoke about our last episode, $600. So I'm going to spend about $19,000 to eradicate $150,000 of risk. The transfer rate with the program we're going to talk about is about 40%. Yeah, so when you say transfer rate, you mean reversal rate. So Correct. we have the ability to fairly accurately reverse 40% of those identified with metabolic syndrome. So how do you do that, Ann? Yeah, so we've used a program here at MB that's a it's a 10-week program, and we've used it with a fair amount of success. We've been doing this since around 2009. Um, one of our C2 partners, Holmes Murphy, uh, has a company called ACAP, and this is a program that was started as um, a physician program for heart patients. So one of the things we didn't mention is that if you have metabolic syndrome, you're three times more likely to have a heart attack, okay, 300% more likely to have a heart attack. And so... Um, Back in the 80s, I think this study started where they were looking at heart patients and how they could help these heart patients lead a healthier lifestyle and avoid heart attacks or even avoid a second heart attack if they were lucky enough to survive the first one. And they came up with this 10-week program that actually modifies behavior. It's a behavior modification program with a 40% effective rate in terms of helping people reduce those out-of-range biometrics. Well, perfect. And then the program's called Naturally Slim. So it's not a weight loss program. Let's make sure our listeners really understand that. And actually, thanks for bringing that up about around heart disease. That's really where it manifested itself. 
is how do we deliver healthier birthdays to people? Yeah, the side effect was weight loss, which is a super huge bonus. On average, people lose 10 pounds during that 10 to 12 pounds during that 10 week time frame. That's an awesome side effect. Yeah, and I think one actually, um, Dave Holman, one of the um, partners here at McGowan Braybender, uh, has gone through the 10 week program. I'm looking at him right now. He's lost 59 pounds in 10 weeks. Looks terrific. Uh, and you're right, it's a side effect. Uh, and actually, um, one of our employees here also, who you would look at and would say, that that guy's in perfect health. Uh, great dad, great husband, four of the five. Uh, he was out of, out of range. Significant impact, not only for his wife, but for his kids. Uh, and right now he's sitting at, uh, at zero. Right. And the four that were out of range, the one that was in was his waist circumference. So we would have never known that by looking at him. Never. And he didn't know it either because he said he felt fine before, but he feels fantastic now. He didn't know. He didn't feel good, which is which is really amazing. Um, the reason that we like this particular program, and there's others out there, is that it's sustainable as well. So the studies that have been done over and over and over again with the thousands of participants that have gone through it track their progress after 12, 24, and 36 months. And the, the keep-off rate of the weight and their biometrics, when they're redone, continue to have them at two or fewer risk factors. So it's, it's very, very effective because it creates lifelong habits. It's a behavior modification program. It doesn't change the food you eat. It doesn't change your activity level, although it encourages you to, to get up and move if you aren't. But you don't have to be a gym rat. You don't have to spend eight hours, you know, 10 hours a week in the gym um, and doing things that are very difficult to, to, to do. Yeah. Matter of fact, at McGowan Braybender, we probably had a program here. Naturally Slim is the name of the program. And again, it's like Ann said, it's not a weight loss program. So they actually did a study on people that were naturally slim. Right. Thanks. So what is what are their eating habits? And a couple of just facts that I th- thought was profound is the average person that's naturally slim. So you go to a restaurant, you sit down, you see somebody eating, and they're just slim. Right. Puts down a hamburger eight times. Right. Now, the average American puts it down 1.7 times. So my mom and dad went through this program, and that's probably breaching some sort of HIPAA. Probably. But, uh, but your I love mom them. is a naturally slim person. She is. She and my is. dad said he was on this program, and they were on the airplane and undid the packet of nuts. And my dad dumps the whole thing in his mouth, pops them all in his mouth, and he looks at my mother, and she kind of opens the pack and puts all of the uh, peanuts on top of a napkin and begins to eat one at, at a, a time. At a time, right. Painfully slow. Yeah, and he was like, Marsha's right. I mean, so it's, it's a psychological process of how we value food, right? what it means. And again, what I love about it, doesn't say you have to exercise, doesn't even say what you can't eat, with the exception of sugar right. for the first uh, couple of weeks. Yeah. And so one thing that I discovered through this program, this is a personal anecdote, does not violate HIPAA, I don't think, because I'm telling it about myself, is I grew up in a big Italian family. And um, we just ate all the food till it was gone, right? And you just get as much on your plate as you can before your siblings get it because that's just how it works. I don't think I've ever been hungry a day in my life until I was exposed to this program. And you walk into my mom's house and she tries to feed you. You're like, no, Ma, I just ate. She's like, I don't care. Here's some more food. So I don't think I understood the difference between an appetite and hunger. I had never been hungry. I just have a huge appetite. I love food. And I just eat it if it was available. 
And so getting you just to stop and think, am I actually hungry? Do I really need this food as fuel? Or do I really just want to experience how this makes me feel? There's a difference. Yeah, I think even um, one of the, we talked about Dave. So he's lost 59 pounds. On top of that, he is now off blood pressure medication and cholesterol medication. That's a big deal. Now, un- unpack all of that. So if I'm looking at Dave, it's a $5,000 risk. He has uh, a 700% more likely chance of incurring a large claim. So as an employer, we've, we've mitigated risk. Also, as an employer, we've got somebody that's really important in the organization. Um, I mean, what Dave does here inside of MB is unprecedented. But he also is a terrific husband and a great dad and also contributes to the community in a number of ways with sports and activities and football uh, and, and baseball. And so as an employer, one of the things that we just adore about this program is, sure, we get to mitigate risk. Sure, we get to reduce cost. But at the end of the day, what we like is the fact that we get to deliver a healthier person back not only into the workforce, but back into our community. Right. And so we said in the beginning, you know, what's metabolic syndrome? I think we, we gave you a lot of information on that. We'll also post some information at our, on our blog at healthierbirthdays.com. Um, why should you care? I mean, I think Scott summed that up pretty well. It reduces your costs. It reduces future claims. It reduces those next high claimants. But even more importantly, it delivers healthier birthdays to your employees um, and really helps them be more productive inside your company and outside your company. Well, it's a big deal. And if you want to learn more, go to healthierbirthdays.com. We'll put information out there. If you have specific questions, you can email me at scotthealthierbirthdays.com. Or, or... and at healthierbirthdays.com. We'd love to hear your comments on, on metabolic syndrome. Yeah, help us make a difference. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. See you next time on Side Effects. Thanks for listening and opening your mind. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach us at scott at healthierbirthdays.com. Or Ann at healthierbirthdays.com. We hope you'll join us next time on on Side Side Effects. Effects.